Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. It's season four. It's episode 27. My name is Lou Capford. I'm joined by near ever-present uh, Albion correspondent for the Express Star, Mr. Joe Massey. And we've also got a special guest today. Joe, do you want to do you want to introduce our special guest? Um, I'll introduce our special guest. Um, uh, he's actually our chief sports reporter. I think that's right, isn't it, mate? Yeah, chief sports writer. Yeah, yeah. Chief sports writer is his title. Um, yeah, good friend of mine. Um, it's Matthew Mayer. Welcome, Matt. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Genuinely, one of the most knowledgeable sporting minds I know. <laughs> I agree with that. He is. He is absolutely fantastic. You set me up to fail there, haven't you? I always praise him on Twitter. Whenever I put a tweet out about Matt Mayer, I always say something like the brilliant Matt Mayer, but I always at him in because he absolutely hates the notifications. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you say yourself, I've set you up to fail. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I can't set you up to fail more than, more than myself after my performance in the last podcast. What happened then? Oh, mate. He has been, he's had an absolute shocker. So we started the podcast last week. I, I was resigned to Albion going down ba- based on pure logic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. We're relegated. Um, and then he went on this massive tangent about how Newcastle aren't going to win any of their next five games. And he honestly, I started the podcast with absolutely no belief whatsoever. I really thought we were down. I thought, it's, I, I, don't get me wrong, I was, I was like overjoyed with the performances against Chelsea and Southampton, but logic dictated it was just too much to do. Yeah. And on top of that, um, you've got to give these teams some credit. As, as I don't, they're not great sides. Like I think Newcastle are pretty poor to be honest, but they are on thirty-five points or whatever it is as we speak. They are managing to get to a point a game. Yeah. Um, so all the logic said to me, um, it was just too late, effectively, that Albion had run out of time already. Um, but no, Luke managed to go on this massive sort of belief campaign where he <laughs> managed to really win me round, to be fair. You know what I'm like, mate? I'm a positive person. Like, yeah, I'm a, I, yeah. I don't need too much convincing normally, but he really did win me round and... I was really, I was really quite excited actually last weekend for the, for the Newcastle West Ham game. I thought West Ham, because of Luke, would beat them quite comfortably. Um, and yeah, he basically whipped me up, and I crashed back down again in a very short amount of time. Can I add one thing in here? I did caveat that that rant. I did say, well, anything can happen in football. If someone gets sent off in the first half, you never know what's going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but you also sort of dismissed any sort of logical argument I made. Um, I did which, do that. Which I was I was more than willing for you to do because I wanted the belief, I wanted the hope. Um, but it's fair to say, yeah, it's... Um, that, <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't really talk like this, should we? We should be saying that, as Sam Allardyce said, six games to go, if we win five of them, um, mathematically, it probably will survive. That'll be 39 points, but... It's hard to not be massively deflated. Um, it, the, the Newcastle, the, I mean, Newcastle have taken seven points from the last from the last nine available. Um, mm. so, so that run has been incredibly deflating. And then, of course, last night going to Leicester, um, and if we're being honest, being completely outclassed um, by Brendan Rodgers' side, they were absolutely fantastic. I thought. I know. I know Albion were weren't great. Um, he certainly could have performed a lot better, but I think sometimes you just have to take 
your hat off to the opposition. They they were absolutely brilliant and, and thoroughly deserved their win. And that means that really we've got one foot in the championship, haven't we? Um, it's hard yeah. to see hard to see how it how they come back from here. Yeah, it's, it's a good little caveat that actually to this uh, nice little segue. Sorry, um, Matt. I know you tuned in, but me and Joe have talked about this on the video post match. I know you tuned in and you were you enjoyed hearing the goals before they went in. Um, as I heard by a BT Sports commentary, what, yeah, what did you make of the game? That was a bit weird. That to be honest, it's made me wonder whether because I um, stream BT Sports through my laptop, it's made me wonder whether the out of sync uh, issues this season have been theirs and not mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've always thought it was a broadband issue, but then last night it seemed to be everybody was uh, everybody was getting it. Um, no, I mean it was. Uh, it was always going to be difficult, and to be honest, um, you had to allow for Newcastle to pick up a, a few results. There's no, there's no reason that Newcastle can't, you know, own, you know, draw one and lose five of their last six games. Uh, it was always mm-hmm. going to need Albion to get to, um, you know, as Sam Allardyce has said, you know, 38 points, um, you know, to, to stand any chance. Um, and you know that they still that still you know might might be enough, but um, it, yeah, last night it just felt like they, 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 you know the, the momentum they had, uh, you know, just kind of it's just it's just been lost, um, and it's going to be very you know it's going to be very very difficult. It's, it was already you know it was already you know difficult. You, you can't you know you you know you look at Villa last season and and they they got out of jail, um, you know. Big time, um, mm. and a lot of that was down to you know, kind of, um, you know, other teams just not putting them, you know, not not you know, not putting them away. You know, um, speaking to kind of colleagues, you know, kind of cover Villa, um, you know, in the closing weeks of last season, and we were saying, well, that they, should, you know, the, the one thing is that they should already be down. Um, yeah. You know, um, you had Watford and, and Bournemouth, who just you know just couldn't couldn't get the results either. Um, so you know it was, but yeah, it, it was. There was just a slither, wasn't there, of of optimism? And and who knows? Um, you know, you know, a, a win on Sunday could spark them again. Um, you know, it's definitely a winnable game um, for for Albion. The the issue you've got now is that it's the last game. You know, it's the last game. It was, well, it's not the last game of the weekend, but but you know, all eyes on on Brighton against Sheffield United tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, and then and then Burnley against Wolves, um, you know I wouldn't trust you know Wolves to beat anybody at the moment. Um, I know they've mm. won their last two games, uh, but they haven't looked particularly convincing in you know in beating either. I mean they've beaten you know two of the bottom three in the last you know, the last two games, but a bit of laboured in both. Um, you know and and if and if Brighton and Burnley pick up results, then you know it makes things even more you know. It makes things even more difficult, doesn't it? Um, you know, it is. I do, but I do think you know it's still. And I know Joe's written about this. Um, you know, there, there is an issue of how, you know, how you go down, how you get relegated. Um, mm. You know, um, there's a lot of positivity about how, how Sam Allardyce has turned things around, and he has. Um, you know, but th- but that could easily evaporate. You know, that could easily. There's still time for that to turn back again. Um, you know, and I've I've not really done the maths, but is there not a nightmare scenario here where it could be, it could be Wolves that give them the final, the final push over the cliff edge? 
mm. um, which you know no Albion fans will want. Um, obviously, you get relegated over the season and not one game, but you know that's that's that would kind of uh, you know add insult to injury if that was to to happen. So um, yeah, I mean. In in a sense, I suppose last night was a huge setback, but in but in other senses, nothing's nothing's really changed, has it? Yeah, that's it. You kind of touched on it there as well, Joe. I'm interested to get your take on this. It was momentum, and there was momentum in in Albion in the two the two wins that they had and the two really good wins they had. Do you think that the amount of time between that Southampton game and that Leicester game maybe hurt the backers a little bit? Well, they had three weeks before Chelsea, didn't they? Um... And did pretty well then. So, uh, look, we all know Allardyce isn't happy about the way fixtures have been arranged this season. He's got a massive case for that, of course, yeah, especially the Everton one that was thrown in between Fulham and Newcastle. Um, it's weird that Albion and Villa wanted to play last weekend but weren't allowed. I find that very, very odd. Um, so you can understand the gripes. But to be honest, whether you play seven, I think you just got to get on with it. You can't moan about having too much rest, um, I don't really think. Um, to be honest, I think... The momentum thing's obviously gone. I think it's, it's like, like just just quickly on last night. It's been like a obviously like a it's Twitter being Twitter, I suppose. But it's a, I feel like it's a bit of an overreaction to, to the game last night. Um, like Albion are being hammered um, for their performance, and dang, I'm not I'm not trying to defend that they were poor. Let's let's not like let's not like let's not say they weren't. They were poor, but I think you've got to sometimes remember how good the opposition are. I can't. I think. That, Leicester are probably playing, starting nine players, eight or nine players who are worth an excess of £20 million last night. Um, I mean, they have got a phenomenal starting eleven, and, and and you're playing players who, Ian Acho, I mean, you can just tell he's absolutely brimming with confidence. That the, the, the tricks, he, I mean, that that moment he had, he ended up firing over, but he brought the ball down in one touch and took it away from Carl Bartley at the same time. Um, before, I mean, it was absolutely like majestic, and Madison was pulling the strings. Tielemans was just fantastic. Uh, and, and is it Castagna? Is that how you say his name? The Belgian? I mean, I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal. So I think sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, how uh, are uh, getting battered for that performance? But Leicester were fantastic. Um, and, and, and you can't compare the two sides with the money that's been spent at them. Leicester have spent a lot of money. They're not, they're not a, uh, Big, big, big spender. They're not a Man City. They're not a, uh, a Man United, if you like. But they've spent a lot of money and all, way, way, way more than Albion can ever get near. So I think there has to be a little bit of perspective um, given start. I think Albion will move on from it very quickly. I think they'll they'll, they'll roll it off as a one-off um, and try and remember all the progress they have made over the last couple of months. And I think what... Matt said they're really so important. It's strange because, look, Albion have to win on... If they don't beat Villa, they're, they're down, aren't they? Well, I mean, I'm, we're basically saying they're down anyway, but we're getting to the point where it will become just impossible. Um, but it sounds so strange when there's so much on it. But it isn't... There's, there's even more at stake, and it is that how do you go down? And can you... Allardyce polarises opinion. He, he has from the moment he arrived, and he, he was actually asked about it um, at the presser on a couple of days ago. And he's, he's always very good-humoured with questions like this, and he, he takes it all very well. But he's very aware that in his first 10 or so games that he wasn't very popular um, and that Albion fans weren't having him. And he's, and he's also aware that 
for 10 games since, everyone can see the improvement the team has made and he's starting to win them round. And I've said many times in this podcast, I truly believe Allardyce wants to stay as Albion manager. Um, I think there's a, I think the, the board want him to stay. I think they can see the progress that's been made. Um, and I think there's, there's a, a desire for them to see him stay, but he has to, that has to be, Allardyce as manager has to be sold to fans, no matter what, based on what happens over the next six games. And the mood in football changes so quickly. So his reputation, not his reputation, but his, his relationship fans wasn't great. He's he, he built it back up again, but it's taken another knock, hasn't it? Because of Leicester last night. They were, I don't really think it should, but it has. And if you then go and get beat comprehensively by Villa and you then go and get beat comprehensively by Wolves. So I don't know if, how many people are going to be calling for Allardyce in like they are at the moment. So it's absolutely massive for him and, and for the club that that they that they play well in these two games and get two results because my god Albion Albion fans have had very little to cheer this season very very little um the win against Wolves certainly gave them something and beating Villa in the next game would would be massive for them and then and then if they could get another result against Wolves I think that would really everyone can see the numbers everyone can see that Allardyce had a big job on his hands as soon as he came in and 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 the start he made meant it very very difficult from that point on but if Albion can win these derbies and if they can go down fighting, I think everyone will be behind Allardyce for next season. Uh, but if they go down with a whimper and start losing to their rivals, the feeling around the club is going to be very different. Rightly or wrongly, um, it's going to be very different because football is such an emotional game and opinions change so quickly. Yeah, and Matt, you'll have experience of that as well. I mean, you, you obviously cover Villa for the Expressive Star and... When Villa went down that season, obviously a very different season to the one West Ham, West Brom are having right now. But you saw that that eked into the next season, didn't it? And obviously there was there was money spent and things didn't seem to work out. And then all of a sudden, you, you, there are question marks of how long is it going to take Villa or Albion, in this case, if they do go down, which looks very likely now, to get back up. Well, obviously it was a it was a slightly different um, scenario with with Villa, but but. You know, they 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 did they properly imploded that season, and they were having the kind of season they had the kind of season which, up until a few weeks ago, it looked like Albion uh, were going to have in terms of not even getting to getting to twenty points. Um, so and 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 you know it did, you know they were relegated uh, with, with probably about five or six games to go, yeah. um, and and things just just properly you know. Uh, you know, as I said, just just imploded. You had you know, kind of Gabriel Agbongahor uh, kind of getting sacked as, as as captain and being photographed in um, you know, kind of the newspapers and uh, you know, was it smoking hippie crack on you know on the night Villa were Villa were relegated. It was Eric, Eric Black in in caretaker charge. You know, it was it was described as one club inside at the time as an, as an absolute shambles um, you know it was um, and and but significantly that they Villa were taken over within a week of the season finishing by by Tony Jarre um, and as much as that ended near nearly had a disastrous ending two years later yeah. it did have the effect of you know you know kind of that they they had a big spending splurge 
that summer, uh, and, and, and it did uh, inject some um, so, some kind of some some life, some energy back into the club, because uh, obviously you know Randy Lerner's kind of tenure had, had, had just completely you know become completely moribund. So you know Jar for all his faults, the one thing he did do. Uh, was you know they 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 got that bit of bit of kind of life back in. They, you know, they obviously made a very good appointment eventually, um, you know, in, in appointing Steve Bruce to who stabilised things. And and while you know I take your point that you know things did things from that relegation season did um, seep in. Villa Villa had been in decline for so long. We're talking yeah. you know four or five years that it was never going to turn around in the case of a, one season. Um, what it had had Jean not come in, and had they continued, had they not had that kind of summer boost, that summer big you know spending splurge, to, to turn around the squad, you know new manager coming in, had, had, had things carried on on that trajectory, then there probably was a danger in them, you know doing the old the the, the double drop, um, you know and kind of ending up in 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 League One, um, but so that that probably did. Um, you know, kind of, you know, probably did did save them from that. With that, with Albion, it's slightly different. You know, they're they're one year removed from the championship. You know, they they they, they know the championship uh, well. They've got a group of play. They've got they've got a core group of players uh, they, yeah, uh, uh, who who will you know know the championship and and, and a relatively um, you know kind of strong strong basis to to work from. Um, so. You know, it, 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 it's not um, quite the same. So, so there is there is the chance of, you know, if they get it right, of, of of you know being being strong next season and coming back. Because because don't forget, a lot of the, you know the championship is in a in a world of pain at the moment after COVID. Um, so yeah. anybody going down, as you've seen this season, you know Norwich and Watford, Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth is the top three in the championship at the moment. Last year's yeah. bottom three in the Premier League, which is absolutely no surprise. You know, to me, I mean, that was the one thing we were saying about Villa last year was if they did go down, you know, I, I was always, you know, pretty confident they would come straight back, um, yeah. simply because of how much clubs in the Championship have, you know, are, are struggling. So, you know, it's, you know, it's it, it's frustrating at the moment with Albion because you feel like they, you know, they they made a bit of a mess of this season, um, for, at the start of it really, uh, with with what went on last summer. You know, kind of the differences in opinion between Slavin Bilic and, and Luke Dowling, uh, and they've not really given themselves a fair shot in what was always going to be a really difficult season anyway. Yeah. But you know, if they can go down fighting, you know, if they can, you know, come up with a, you know, have that those plans in place, um, you know, for, for, for next season, then you know, I, I still think they, they they will be strong next season and stand a really good chance of coming back again. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 elephant in the room regarding next season, I suppose, is is, is Sam Allardyce and, and whether he'll be hanging around. Joe, we've talked about this. Matt, it'd be interesting to get your your kind of insight on that. Do you think it's it would be wise to keep him, or like Joe, is it very much a matter of how he finishes this season? Um, yo, I think I think in terms of the the pub, public opinion, fan opinion, then yeah, the finish the finish of the season is probably still. Important, but I don't think you can kind of deny the um, you know the, the 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 change that has taken place in in, in Albion. Um, you know, I was obviously there for his first game in charge. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and um, 
when they were, they were blown away by Villa, and then obviously they were blown away by Leeds and Arsenal, and um, you know. But but since you know the the, you know, the January acquisition, January you know signings, you know since he's had time to work with them, you know they are you know last night aside that they're, they're much stronger defensively, you know they're more of a threat going forward. Um, you know, it, it, it's just all come too late, really. Um, you know, it, it, I would say that if Allardyce wants it, you know, if, if the you know if the club can convince him that the funds are there to you know to, to make the additions that are going to be necessary over the summer, um, you know, to, to, then then I think yeah, I think he I think he deserves a, you know, you, you, who else are you gonna, who else are you gonna bring in, um, you know, obviously you know Chris Wilder's out there, um, I suppose, but. You know how how much has what happened this season at Sheffield United, um, you know, affected him. Um, you know, Allardyce, you, you know what you've got there. You know, you've got him in the building. Um, you know, I think he's. You know, for me, I think at the minute he's the you know the, the strongest. You know, the, the strongest candidate. Um, yeah. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense to you know to, to stick with him. And you know, he, you know, if, 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 if he's up for it, I mean, the one thing I would say is that. He struck me, well, obviously being there for the first, his first game at the Hawthorns, his reaction afterwards was almost of, you know, a man who was about to start checking the, the small print on his contract. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and you saw that over the first two or three weeks, as we might be thinking, you know, what have I done here? You know, I've uh, set myself up for a fall, you know, with no chance of keeping these up. Um, you know, and we were saying at the time, well, you know, this, this could be over very quickly. Um, but I don't think that's the case now. You know, I think he really, you know, he's got into it. He's, he's got back into, you know, he's got that taste for for, for management again. Um, you know, um, you know, he's kind of got his his uh, you know feet under the table, so to speak. And you know, I think if you know if they if if he wants it, you know, if he wants to stay, if he wants to take it on, then you know, I think Albion should should go for it. I think they should let him. Can I just say, yeah, no, I do agree. Uh, you said, like, I don't, you said something along the lines of like, see how the next six games. I think that we should see how the next six games go. I don't think that. I think, I think he should get the job. I'm saying that based on, um, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely adamant that Albion, by and large, will be in every game they play for the rest of this season. I know I said that last week in the podcast that that Albion now are in every game they play, um, and then obviously they got battered last night. Um, and, but that did come as a surprise. I think it came, it came as, a, as a surprise to Sam. Um, that, but I think, as I've said multiple times now, I think sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and congratulate Leicester on, on what was a fantastic display. I think that the case for Allardyce is he, he's made it over the last... If if you take out Leicester, if you take that game out, if the next six games are like the previous ten, which I think they will be, um, I think... Albion will be very competitive in all those games. I think Allardyce has made his case, really. Mm. Um, the big, uh, one of the big things for me is he knows he knows he understands the squad. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a massive overhaul, um, really, in the summer. I mean, we've said many times. I mean, the midfield is completely, really, based on lone players. Um, so I think he he has a real. You know, Already has a real understanding of what is needed. I think we said before that can anyone really see a Sam Allardyce team managed by Albion finishing lower than sixth next season? I don't think you can. 
Yeah. I think I think he can I said before, I don't think he can guarantee anyone can guarantee you promotion, but I think he can I think he can guarantee you pretty much finishing in the top six. I really do. He, um and I think Matt makes a good point about um Allardyce early on, um, in terms of I think I think he was really taken aback, you know. Um at the way let's say the way the way him and Billich manage differently in terms yeah. of how they how they defend how they want to defend, um, and what Allardyce what Allardyce would call the basics, um, they Albion weren't doing um, under Billich and Allardyce's basics that is Albion were not doing Allardyce's basics under Billich and he was shocked he was shocked after that Villa game he was shocked after a couple of games of he, I heard him shout a couple of times. He, he, at the players, he, he couldn't believe how they were defending. Yeah, um, he genuinely was a bit like flabbergasted. That he, he he was shocked, um, and I think there was. And we've said before as well, COVID was a very big thing for him. Um, he was really worried about it, and he was really worried about giving it to his wife. Um, and obviously, he put himself in a position where I don't know. He was more likely to catch it by being a f- football manager than not being a football manager, wasn't he? So yeah. it, it was an issue for him. And I think he genuinely has grown into the job. Um, there was something a bit uneasy about him at Albion at the beginning. It didn't feel quite right. Um, I don't know why why that was. Um, but he's def- But now it sort of does. He, 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 has, he, he seems very happy at the club. He seems to have a very good relationship with um, those on the people on the board when we look down in. Um, and he's showing that he's he's a good manager, isn't he? Like he's a good manager. Um, so I think he's done enough. But but obviously the next six games are massive. Like they've 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 just you don't you just don't want to go into next season on the back of defeat after defeat after defeat, loads of negativity, and you just want the fans on board and everyone everyone behind him and the team. Yeah. Um. I mean, one of the talking points earlier this week, in particular, was I mean, would would Albion kind of maybe get almost free passage into in you know avoiding relegation when when there was talk of all this European Super League stuff? And I know it's been talked to death um, <laughs> elsewhere, but it's something that we've kind of we can't avoid talking about. I mean, Joe, first, what were what were your thoughts on it, and and obviously the way it's all collapsed. Um. So I mean I think not uh, I've been, I've been slightly different to everyone else really uh, not not in terms of I supported it but I should say that but <laughs> no. just in terms of um, I just know what I never ever thought it would happen um, so I, I, I don't get me wrong I take my hat off to everyone that's been opposed to it everyone that's sort of protested everyone that's reacted with so much anger and passion and and that's the reason why it's changed I'm so. I'm so grateful and thankful that they did. Um, I just never thought it would happen. Um, from the moment it was announced on, I can't. It was one night, wasn't it? Um, Sunday very, night, wasn't it? Sunday night, very very late. Sort of whispers coming through. The only time when I started to panic was when um, people started resigning from. Is it the ECB? ECI. ECA, which I mean, I'm I'm happy to get that wrong because to be honest, before Sunday I'd never heard of the thing, um, and I'm still not 100% sure what it is now. Um, but when they start, when high-profile people started resigning their posts, that did make me. 
I'll be honest, that did make me worry. Um, but by the time that was happening, the backlash was so sort of venomous that I knew it wouldn't happen. Um, I just absolutely knew it wouldn't happen. There was just no way um, it could be allowed to happen, really. Um, I think it's just, without saying what everyone else said, I, think, I mean, I, I'm just, I, honestly, I'm embarrassed for the big six more than anything. Um, mm. I think it's so incredibly shocking, really, that they that they just don't like looking over their shoulder, do they? They don't no. like they don't like the fact that that I mean, you look at the teams that are in it. Juventus, where are they in Syria? Are they fifth or something? Fourth, yeah. fifth? Yeah, I mean, like something like that. Um, and then Tottenham, Arsenal, Spurs, Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal ninth or wherever they are. Spurs seventh, whatever that they're at. Obviously, Leicester to me look like they're going to finish in the top four this season. West, who knows? West Ham might do it mm. um, as well. So the moment these teams start looking over their shoulder, they, like, they just hate it, don't they? They just don't want any proper competition. Um, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. But it's just, it's just embarrassing. I mean, it's just not sport, is it? To then create, go, basically run off with the ball, which is what they did. They tried to run off with the ball and be like, we're going to have our own little league. Where we can never be relegated. I mean, it's just shocking. Um, I mean, it's just amazing to me um, how people can get it so wrong. Yeah. Like, you assume people, I don't know if it's right or wrong, really, but you assume people who have got billions in the bank, who are in these high profile positions, um, are bright, intelligent people. But, I mean, this, to get this as badly wrong as they did. It's remarkable. Um, it's incredibly selfish. Um, it showed remarkable ignorance. Um, but I have to admit, I was pretty relaxed the whole way through. Because <laughs> I, I never once believed it would happen. I never did. Mm. Matt, obviously, I mean, I read your, your weekly column, which is on this subject, of course, and I urge anyone else to, to pick up the paper or go online on a Thursday and certainly read it. I mean, y your thoughts on it? And... and I suppose should should these six clubs receive some punishment for this? Because ultimately, I mean, I'd I'd argue that this is a bigger threat to to, to football and in the in the English football pyramid than than clubs maybe spending a bit more than they're told to in in regards to financial fair play. I wasn't surprised by the ignorance of um, the big six. Um, I was surprised by the the incompetence of how. Well, the, the the twelve clubs in total, you know, in general, tried to carry it off, and and how poorly they'd planned, you know, the heist, so to speak, um, you know. But but like any, you know, kind of uh, like any heist movie, um, it kind of played out the way I expected in terms of the game is so corrupt uh, in, in many senses, and uh, and and there is so much greed that. They don't trust each other enough, ultimately, mm. to actually, you know, kind of carry it off. You've seen, you know, you've, we've we've all seen these movies, you know, the the bank robbery, you know, that and and then the bank robbers, the, then the robbers turn on on uh, on each other. Um, yeah. You know, that's um, you know, it, it, it's that kind of storyline. Um, you know, for me. It, it, it could it could have happened. It could have if they'd planned it 
better, you know, um, than than they could have pulled this one off, um, because because the game the game is changing, and and in in terms of how uh, you know how it's financed, um, and in terms of how it's consumed, um, so there the was a, there was probably an opportunity for them there, but they they, they it was so shambolically uh, done um, that you know it was was always you know very quick, you know doomed to a very quick um, failure. Um, but but this you know I thought Sam Allardyce actually spoke you know very well about it on on Wednesday. Mm. Um, you know this 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 won't go away. You know this is um, you know because what you've got here is a situation where and it's not that you know the, the English clubs should never have been getting involved in this because the Premier League is you know remains very lucrative. But if you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, you know, and, and, and some of the Italian clubs, you know, they are really struggling, you know, yeah. financially. They need this. You know, they, they look at the Premier League, they look at the Premier League's TV deals and they are jealous and they, they need to find a way of ending that Premier League hegemony. So um, this, 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 was their, this, this, was, this was their chance, um, you know, but, but because the, the game has become less about winning trophies and more about uh, finance, uh, you know, and, and keeping that, that, that money coming in. Um, and, you know, so this, the, the Super League is always the next logical step. It's like, you know, we, we need the money. Tottenham have spent, you know, huge money on the stadium. You know, they need to keep getting into Europe. You know, Liverpool need Europe. Um, you know, they, they, all, they all need to get, you know, keep getting into these competitions, but there aren't enough places. So the logical step is to say, well, let's guarantee it. Let's you know give ourselves an element of surety, and and you know th- that that is always going to be their their step. You know, while and while you know, yes, the European Super League was defeated, the changes to the Champions League, UEFA approved, have gone through on Monday, while nobody was really paying attention. Yeah. And that has, you know, that that kind of, you know, makes makes it more likely that these teams will qualify uh, for the Champions League based on historical record, um, you know. And again, it's just just a, a way of, you know, of, of shoring up their their finances and, and making sure, you know, because because ultimately they're not very well run, you know. It's, yeah. you know, foot, football is not football clubs in general are, are not very well run. Um, was it that Alan Sugar's phrase? The money goes through them like prune juice. You know, it's um, you know they don't they don't plan for the future. It's the here and now, and you know, such is sport. You're not always going to be the winners. So you know, you you kind of you know this is the uh, you know this this is this is what happens um, in terms of what happens to the the clubs. Um, you know, I think I think that it sounds to me like the right steps are you know. The right noises have been made here in terms of you know get, removing them from some of the the Premier League committees or removing their directors from some of the Premier League committees you know which they have dominated in recent years, uh, but also this government-led review which obviously you know kind of the, the first kind of um, you know the, they set the set the agenda out for that last night you know that that you know because th- this is a chance now you know to to actually. You know, change the game to stop the the direction of travel, which is you know, it's just been you know the the have and the have nots, the gap getting wider and wider. Because this is this for me, it's more about you know, it's less about you know the Super League and more about you know the you know just just the, the, the structure of the English game in general. I mean, you know, we saw a lot of statements this week from 
from Premier League clubs who weren't included in this Super League plan, talking about integrity and the, you know, the pyramid. Well, let's be honest, you know, a lot of the Premier League clubs haven't exactly bent over backwards in the last 12 months to help those clubs in the Championship, in League One and League Two. Yeah, they've done a bit, but they've done it rather reluctantly. You know, so let's let's be honest here. You know, everybody looks generally looks after themselves. Um, you know, there's too much self-interest. You know, that needs to change. You know, the fans need to be given a bigger say in the running of the game. Um, other, otherwise, the Super League will be back in some way, shape, or form, and the gap will keep getting the gaps between the rich and the poor will keep getting larger. And you know, it will it will eventually you know it will eventually get through. Um, you know, it's it's already kind of got through in this revamped Champions League, which I'm hoping they will they will now reverse. But you know, I'm not holding my breath. Um, yeah. What about the talk of? I mean, you've heard, you've heard talk about you know big names being removed from certain panels, this and that. What about something like a points deduction? Do you think that's something that the Premier League w- would consider, or is it is it for them it's maybe a never, step too far? It's never really been the Premier League style, to be honest, in terms of points deductions because that harms your that harms your product in terms of you know it turns the league table into a bit of a a bit of a mockery you know which is which has happened you know in the in the football league um, you know I've never quite understood why the football league goes after clubs you know has had this points deduction penalty in for financial fair play um, you know because it um, it just starts to make things you know kind of it, it doesn't work for a start you know there's been so many clubs who've had you know, financial troubles and deducted points, it's clearly not working as a deterrent and it just means that, you know, you start the season with a load of clubs on minus points. Um, you know, and nobody, you know, you know, a lot of the fans who, you know, really, you know, don't really understand the financial side of things, who, you know, just um, you know, no interest in the financial side of things, you know, it's it just yeah, it's um you know, the punishment should always be aimed at the you know the directors and whether it's a financial penalty or or, or whatever but um but but yeah and I, I can't see there being any points deductions as much as it would be it would be funny in a way I don't think the Premier League would 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 go down that route because they don't want to set any kind of precedence I don't think in terms of you know opening up points points deductions and uh, if they did do points deductions it'd end up in court. Exactly. Yeah, that's mm. that's the other thing as well. You know, the clubs would fight um, it. Um, whereas I think all the clubs are a little bit. They've got their tail between their legs, haven't they? I think if you give them a financial penalty, I think they would take it on the chin, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I the, they, they all know they've ballsed up, um, and probably are going to have to be punished in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I think they are going to be punished in the sense that um, they signed a twenty-three-year contract, didn't they? Apparently. Um, which means that that contract is now obviously they are breaching that contract. It's not calling off, period. Maybe, maybe. I don't Do you know. that loan from JP Morgan does as well. Perez will maybe, maybe try and sort out a calling off period for that loan. <laughs> I think they've pulled out today as well, haven't they? Yeah, they've issued a statement. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, um, but but let's, not, let's not, you know, kind of, you know, as much as, yeah, they've got the tail between the legs at the moment and there's, there's a chance now to to clip their wings. I mean, you know, these six clubs have big worth to the Premier League overall. Mm. Let's let's be honest. Um, you know, all the talk this week of, well, let them go, let them go. Well, all right, well, yeah, let them go, but don't expect to get anywhere near the kind of, you know, broadcast deal 
that you've currently got for the remaining 14 clubs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, they, they, they do still have some leverage. And as Joe says there, that you know, if you, if you, if you now kind of punish them uh, severely um, and go to town, then you know that that won't be forgotten. And um, you know, so um, yeah, there needs to be a a, a uh, needs to be a balance between the the olive branch and the and the stick. Well, yeah, um, we've heard as well talks of, of a potential, I mean, UK Super League where the, the likes of, of Celtic and Rangers would end up in the Premier League and it would be a smaller Premier League. Oh, so we take we tarnish the Scottish game now? Is that the exactly? Uh... That's that's the one thing that, that that came to my mind instantly. We've moaned and moaned and moaned about this European Super League, and thankfully, by the looks of it, it's dissolved completely. But barring likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid, who still still seem to think it's the right way to go. But then we, we more fans seem happy to say cast off the Scottish Premier League barring two clubs who at the moment despite being the size of Premier League clubs I don't think they do very well in the Premier League with the squads they've got No probably not but there would be you know serious uh, you know contenders in, in the years to come and, and also no I mean yeah I mean that just opens up another can of worms um, I mean you, you'd have to you know I, I, I think the you know the, the possibility of a British League um you know, it, I think the the, the 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 structure of the game is you know creaking enough with um, you know the Premier League and the the EFL and ninety two clubs without throwing in all the Scottish clubs as well. I just think it's it's not workable. Mm. Thinking um... of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Shall we get on to questions, Joe? Do it, mate. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um... Okay, this first one, and it kind of follows on from the conversation we're just having from local Baggies fan. If it was offered to them, how many of the other 14 clubs do you think would have joined the Super League? 14? A lot of 14. statements have come out. 14? But, I mean, that's a lot of money to turn down, isn't it? 14. It's 14, is the answer. <laughs> it's 14. Alfie how fuming are you if you're if you're a team like Leicester, by the way, who I think are far more deserving of a spot there than someone like Arsenal or Spurs? Historically, they're not, though, are they? Historically, not, but they've won a Premier League. They've been in, they've been in Europe. I mean, they're they're third in the Premier League right now. Arsenal are ninth. Yeah, but Arsenal. Spurs, are Spurs have what have Spurs won? They've made a Champions League final. 
Mikel Arteta got sacked tomorrow. Do you think Rogers would fancy the Arsenal job? I think he would. Maybe. I, don't know, I think Rogers would be quite happy where he is at the moment. No, you want one of the big ones. And Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man United are one of the big ones, aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You'd like to think that. So, Mayor says 14. Um, you'd like to think some of them would um, have the morals not to. Albion definitely wouldn't have signed that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I'm sorry, but it's 14. The 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 money on the money on offer, the the you know, sorry, this is this is this is Albion at the minute where the owner is 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 you know, trying oh, to sell point, the club, yeah. and gotcha, someone's no, going to offer him a guaranteed three hundred million, and he's going to say, oh no, actually, um, I've just had a crisis of conscience. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's look, this is my general point about you know kind of. Self self interest. Yeah, it's great that you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of how everybody rallied round. You know, the fans and the players, and the fact that you know the fourteen Premier League clubs stayed united. But but of course it was easy because you know they weren't getting anything, were they? They were being completely left in the cold. Project Big Picture. Earlier in the season, there were a few carrots being offered to, you know, the kind of the clubs. Lower down to, to the EF, the EFL were involved in that, weren't they? You know, there were a few kind of, uh, oh, you know, we'll kind of tempt you, uh, tempt you here, and and and, and there was there, there wasn't so much, you know, there wasn't such a united front. Uh, the difference with this planet was, you know, cutting everybody else has been cut out. Um, yeah, and 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 th- this is what this is what has to change. There, there has to be, there has there has to be an appreciation of of the collective rather than the the individual. It, it's about changing the. Changing the rules and regulations, but also changing the the ideology and the way that you know kind of people think. Mm. Mm. Bryn Reese asks: At this point, would you prefer to win the Black Country Derby and beat Villa and still go down, or lose both and stay up? Not sure what the maths are. Theoretically, <laughs> which would you take? You, you take. Surely, you take staying stay- up. Yeah, you take staying up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the last day? I tell you what, when if if like Albion need to win at Leeds on the last day to stay up, and they do it, in that moment in time, no one's going to be thinking, "Oh, I'm absolutely gutted. We lost to Villa two 0 a couple of weeks ago." Yeah. Everyone's going to be absolutely overjoyed. I mean, the maths ain't going to work out anyway. We can't lose two more. Yeah, you uh, can. You probably you. You can you can do it because if if Burnley just loses the rest, it's of unlikely, the games, but it's doable. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not. It's I not think we want, we want. I think we want Brighton down, don't we? A bit Why far, isn't it? Brighton's further than Burnley. That's the way I always judge it. Yeah, it's a long trip. I do like I do like the Amex though. It's no, like, yeah, yeah, they're nice clubs. They just you know could do with being a, being moved a bit closer to the Midlands. Yeah, just the other side of London would be nice. Um, C. Hawthorns, what are your thoughts on potential changes on how football clubs in England are owned and regulated? I would like to see something similar to the German model. Now, we're fortunate that Mr. Mayer here is a bit of a German football expert as well. I'm not an expert. I'm not I think expert is going a bit bit far. Fan of German football. 
Yeah. So what, 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 what? Basically, I suppose a lot of people probably don't know what the ownership model is. There, it's a fifty plus one, right? Fifty. It is fifty plus one. So essentially, that that regulation means that um, the the clubs can't, you know, and and one investor can only own as much as forty nine percent. So the club the clubs remain effectively member owned um, or fan owned. Um, so you know it's um, it, it, it effect, effectively stops one person from controlling. Um, controlling the club, and it gives fans more of a say, you know, because they've always got the casting vote, essentially. Um, so it, 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 this, this is why, you know, you know, I'm a fan of German football because um, there's about, well, you know, in pre-COVID times, there were about twelve flights to, or six flights to Dusseldorf <laughs> every day from Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and you know, kind of tickets to the games over there are so cheap um, that um, you know it's quite a nice, you know, quite a nice trip. They're nice trips to do um, to go and watch watch matches, watch some you know big clubs play for for not not a huge amount of money. Drink a beer while you're watching the game. Terracing, you know, maybe not at the, the first division because you difficult to you know. Terracing tends to be sold out, but certainly you know the second division and second and third divisions, where you've still got some pretty big clubs, um, and it just feels. I mean, even going as an outsider, you know, to attend a game, you, you're just looked after far more. The supporter over there, um, you know, you 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 your kind of cost of travel uh, on the train is, is is part of the ticket. Um, so, for instance, you know, um, my favourite club, uh, MSV Duisburg. They pay. I think I paid twelve euros uh, for a terracing ticket, and you know that pays for my. You know, also pays for my. You know, train travel from. You know, from Dusseldorf to to Duisburg, um, and um, you know, and and obviously you've got you know relatively nice and reasonably priced alcohol to drink um, during the game. Uh, ne- never a feeling that you are just kind of there as a as a customer which you know is often the case um over here now you know um a feeling that you're you're part of something because because the fans are such a say there is a closer you know they there is a closer link between them and the players you know Jurgen Klopp was 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 ridiculed really for his kind of you know making the Liverpool players go and you know stand in front of the cop after their 2-2 draw with Albion after he just arrived but that happens that 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 is happens in Germany. The, the players go over to the fans after every game, mm. win or win, win, lose or draw. Um, you know, which obviously gets some interesting reactions. Um, you know, if, if they're, they're on a bad run and bad bad defeats, you know, the the, the fans have you know, the, the downside to the the fifty plus one rule is that you know, I've just been looking through Villa's accounts for last season and the amount of money that Nassif Sahiris and Wes Edens are ploughing in. Well, you don't get that in Germany because they would never be able to, you know, take the club over and have the control in stake. Um, so, you know, there's less interest in for, for you know for, for outside investors in terms of pumping loads of money in because they don't have the control. Um, the, there are two exceptions in Bayer Leverkusen and uh, VfL Wolfsburg um, because they are works teams, you know, Bayer. Yeah. Obviously, chemicals and 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 Volkswagen, um, 
so that, that they when they brought this rule in um it, that that was um you know they were they were listed as the exceptions and RB Leipzig are hugely unpopular in Germany because they have managed to kind of circumvent the 50 plus 1 rule with their membership system which yeah. effectively you can become a member but you have to pay thousands upon thousands of euros a year to be a member so they're effectively bankrolled by Red Bull yeah they're not owned by Red Bull but they are bankrolled by Red Bull so they're you know kind of seen as a you know, they've kind of gamed the system so to speak mm. so that's why they're they're massively unpopular would you be a fan of it here I would, yeah. Um, you know, but but I think it's difficult to it's difficult to bring in when you know yeah, how do when you, how when do you, you suddenly turn yeah. around to people who you know, Sahiras and Edens have ploughed more than four hundred million in the villa um, already. You know, in the space of less than three years, suddenly turn around and say, actually, we're going to restrict your governance of the club. I think is very difficult. You know, I think it'll. Have, you know, I think I think I think as much as it would be, yeah. You know, it. it, it it would help. I think. I think there are. You know, it will have to be done another way. I'm not sure which way that. You know, which way that is. I mean, whether whether it means. Um, you know, the, the difficulty is where you say, well, you know, kind of fan places. Make sure the fans have got a place on the board. It's difficult to govern, though, isn't it? Because they can easily just be, you know, kind of ignored. Um, so yeah, it, it's not easy to bring in. But I do think that you know supporters need a, a bigger say. Um, you know, in 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 the running of the sport, and you know the ticket prices. I mean, you know, we've had the twenties plenty um, campaign. You know, I, I I still think you know, kind of, um, yeah, that's tw twenty. Yeah, twenty probably is plenty, but but some of the ticket prices still remain eye watering. Um, yeah. Not so much in the Midlands, but it's still a, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's still a lot of money. Um, to, to go and watch a you know a, a football match, so you know I think you know the supporters need supporters need looking after. Mm, definitely, uh, Daniel Tudge. How do you go from being so good in two games to absolutely awful against Leicester, Joe? I mean, how do you go from those two great performances, Chelsea and Southampton, to to Leicester? Um, it's a bit of a boring answer, but to be honest, I think that's football um, because. <laughs> I don't think Albion have been good for two games. I think, they, as Allardyce would say, I think they've been good for about ten. Mm. Um, if you look at it overall, um, they've been very, very consistent for ten games. Um, absolute, as he said a million times, they absolutely should have got more points in that run. They should have beaten Man United. They should have beaten Burnley. They probably should have drawn with Everton. Um, they should have beaten Newcastle, really, but ran out of legs. Um, so I think when you look at it, if it is, I can't remember, I counted the exact numbers of the games, but if we all say it started from Man United when Albion started basically playing the Allardyce way when they mm. understood what they're going to do from from out from Man United to Southampton, however many games that is, it's going to be nine or ten. Um, Albion played very well, really. They, they they what they rather than saying playing very well, they played very consistently. Um, which is what every manager craves for, isn't it? So I think some. I really, really think football is so guilty of over-analyzing things, and I just think 
there's very few teams in the Premier League that are going to play consistently well for 10, 11 games. The truth is, it happens. Um, and I think yesterday just happened. Um, that and Leicester are a blooming good side. That and the fact Leicester are just a really, really good side. Um, I just... I'll be not going. I'll be not going down because they lost to Leicester, are they? No, I'll be not going down. I just wonder if if Albion are atrocious for the next six games. If Albion, when when Man United headed to town, no one could imagine the next ten games that followed. We all thought this is. We all thought we're all saying it. I was saying that Albion had gone backwards under Allardyce rather than forwards. Now no one's saying that. Now categorically. They've made huge strides forward. If if there was to be a shift again and they were to go backwards again, then I think that's when you start asking serious questions about it. But that hasn't. It's been one game. It's been one game where what you're saying is a team in the bottom three, who have been in the bottom three all season, have had one inconsistent game in ten. I mean, it's not. It's just not the end of the world, um, and I. Obviously, it is in terms of we're probably down now. Um, but like you said, May just said, we're, we're not going down because we lost to Leicester. Um, and I think I personally would be amazed if the next six games aren't a lot more similar to the six games prior to Leicester. Um, it, I mean, if I'm wrong and I'm wrong, and then obviously that's when that's when questions would be asked. But I think I'll be able to be competitive from now until the end of the season, really. Um, um, obviously, it will impact them as results elsewhere, and you can understand if their morale does dip. Probably, if if relegation is confirmed, but I think I think they've given it a go for ten games, and I think they'll give it a go for the remaining six. Yeah. Um, right. Well, it all starts with a, a game Sunday evening. Um, two huge derbies coming up for Alvin. First one, of course, against Aston Villa at Villa Park. Matt, I think a lot of people um, from the outside will look at Villa's season and say it's been fantastic, but the recent form hasn't been hasn't been brilliant. So, like you said earlier, this is certainly a winnable game for Albion, isn't it? No, it's um, yeah, it's it's become a bit of a frustrating period for for Villa. Um, you know, um, they've, they've won two out of ten, um, and uh, obviously they're going to be without Gre- Jack Grealish for the you know the, the tenth. You know, game in a row on on Sunday, and that that, that has been a big, a big factor um, in in obviously the you know the the struggles. There's no getting away from that. Uh, but yeah, the, the bigger picture is you know is overwhelmingly positive uh, when you consider where they were, um, you know, this time last year, um, you know, and and, and their remarkable uh, escape from you know the the drop. Um, you know, most most people had them. You know, if you look back at the pre-season predictions, you know, that many people were tipping them to go down again this season. You know, they wouldn't you know, get lucky, get so lucky this time around. But um, you know, they've, they've they've defied the odds really. Um, you know, and and you know they recruited well, um, and they've you know they've they've consolidated as a, as a Premier League team, which was 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 their aim. Um, I think the disappointment is that you know I've just been writing about it now when when you know when. You look back at December when they, when they won at the Hawthorns, you know, three nil. It really could have been, you know, six or seven. Um, you know, it was one of the, probably the most one-sided um, Albion Villa game I've ever seen uh, in my lifetime. Anyway, um, 
but um, you know they really did look like a team you know that could push on towards Europe and, and really you know give the top four top six a, a run for the money this season and and they're not a, they're nine points adrift now of the top six which is, which is not a huge amount when you think they've only you know only two wins in ten you know it really wouldn't have taken a lot uh, for them to still be right in the mix but. I think that just the, the lack of depth in the squad has kind of caught up with them. Um, the COVID outbreak they had in January has, has, has been a has been a big factor. Um, you know, they, they were already playing catch up this season because you know they, they didn't play that that first weekend of the season, yeah. um, and and it's just you know they've just run out of steam a bit. Um, so this game, the one thing I will say, though I'm confident in saying is that Sunday's game will be closer than the game in December. Yeah. It will be much more of a contest uh, because Albion are better and Villa aren't, aren't quite as good. Uh, they're not as, as uh, you know, they're not particularly going forward. Defensively, they're, they're, still, they're still pretty strong. You know, that back five, including Emi Martinez, has, has been consistent. You know, it, it, it's a very good, you know, defence. Um, you know they're, they're still well organised. You know you look at the gap recent games they've lost. You know they had a you know a really disappointing result at Sheffield United, mm. but otherwise the teams that have beaten them since Grealish went out are Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Man City. So yeah. it's not like they're not pushovers. Um, you know it's not like the wheels have come completely flying off. But going forward, they they are nowhere near as effective um, without without Jack Grealish in the team. Um, they've obviously lost Trezeguet as well, so serious injury, and Morgan Sanson. The January signing it wasn't having a massive impact anyway, but but is now injured. Ross Barkley has just had a bewildering uh, kind of loss of form. Yeah. Um, it's just this season has just turned into a complete nightmare. Um, so you know they they, they 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 do struggle to you know, to, to hurt teams uh, in, in the way they were earlier in the season. They're, they're nowhere near as fun to watch. So, you know, Albion can go there probably, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tight turnaround for Albion, isn't it? And that, that's the one thing, you know, will, will yeah. last night have left any scars, you know, but, um, you know, Albion will feel that they can, you know, they've got a chance of keeping a clean sheet uh, or at least, you know, you know, being defensively strong against Villa, and then they'll feel that they can, you know, they can get at Villa as well. Um, you know, the the back line. So, yeah, I think it will be, um, I think it will be a much closer game, um, you know, than uh, than December certainly. Mm, Joe, I mean, after that, after the game against Leicester, I think a lot of people are probably expecting uh, changes. Uh, what's the starting lineup? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. You're losing 3 0 and then second half keep a clean sheet against Leicester, but you've changed your system. Yeah, potentially. I don't think it'll be drastic changes. I think maybe one or two. I don't think it'll be sort of wholesale changes. Um, I think what we saw at Leicester was, which we talked about a lot um, right earlier in the season, is there are times when 4 2 3 1 doesn't work. Mm. Uh, um, and you need that extra man in the middle of the park. and. I was sort of very anti four two three one earlier in the season. Last couple of weeks before Southampton and Chelsea made me think, oh, maybe maybe it is the way to go. But I think Albion was just overrun completely in midfield yesterday. I mean, they didn't. I mean, okay, Yakuzlu has been outstanding since he arrived, but he just wasn't in the game at all. 
Yeah. Um, Maitland Niles fantastic against Southampton, but he has been anonymous in some games, and he and he, and he was anonymous yesterday um, as well. They they were just couldn't get scripts of it at all. So I think look, you know what you're going to get from Villa. I think they're going to play four three three or four. They'll play four two three one, but I think he has to bring in another person into the middle of the park personally. Um, Gallagher probably. Yeah, well, I'm just right. I'm running it now, actually. Um, I think he's got two options. It's, it's, it's Gallagher or Phillips. Yeah. Um, because Phillips obviously moved into the middle of the park last night. He started there at Chelsea. If you if you keep Phillips in the middle, it allows you to keep Robinson in the side. Um, because you could keep Robinson on the left. Um, I, I think he'll probably go Gallagher. Um I think I'll go back to that Maitland-Niles-Gallagher-Yakuzlu combination um, with Phillips one side, Pereira the other, and Diagna through the middle. I think that's what he'll do. Um, but he's got options. He could go 4-3-3, three, three. he could go 4-2-3-1, he could go 3-5-2. Um, but I think he'll probably match up Villa, mm. um, which is pretty much a 4-3-3, isn't it? Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I think Allardyce just, in my opinion, he, he just will not stand for that quality of defending last night. That's what's going to really, really have irked him. Yeah. Um, he talks every week about the importance of keeping clean sheets and defending well. He continuously points out how Man City's success is based on keeping clean sheets and how Chelsea's improvement under Thomas Tuchel is down to keeping clean sheets. Um, he's going to be so angry by the way Albion defended last night. Um, that I think there will be a reaction. Look, we we saw a reaction from Albion against Wolves, didn't we? Yeah. It was abundantly clear the players knew how important that game was. Albion got James Morrison on the coaching staff. Um, he'll be saying one or two things, just like he did before the Wolves game, I'm sure. Um, they're gonna. I, I think there'll be a reaction from Leicester. I think Albion's players will be bang up for it. It is a quick turnaround. I know Allardyce isn't happy about it, but they haven't played for 10 days. They don't play for another week after this. Mm. The next game's not till the following Monday. So it is a quick turnaround, but it's just a case of going again, putting absolutely everything into it and knowing that you've basically got seven days off afterwards, seven, eight days until your next game afterwards. I, I, I mean, I think, I think Albion will be a lot more defensively solid than we saw against Leicester. I'd be. Mm. I don't want to jinx it. I'd be surprised if they conceded twice. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think worst case scenario they concede one. And potentially they definitely got the potential to keep a clean sheet. So if they do that, they've got a chance, haven't they? Yeah, certainly um, do. They definitely got a chance. I think it's going to be a, a really, a, quite a tight game. Um, I agree. And uh, yeah, I, I think. If you have to ask it for a prediction, I think it'll be a draw. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably side with you there. Maybe maybe a, a one all or something. Me three. Me three. I think that's always a good draw, is always a good prediction for um, Derby games. I do, but I do but, think Albion might nick it as well. So. <laughs> of course you do. Um, <laughs> but I would say that, 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 that um, for, ten, for 10 minutes on Wednesday uh, before Man City clicked into gear, um, and you're talking about teams to, you know, teams playing well. I was talking about Leicester last night. I mean, Man City are head and shoulders above 
anything else in this league at the moment oh, um, sure. that, that, that I've seen this, this season. Uh, but Villa did show signs in that, you know, and albeit, you know, it was 10 minutes at the start of the game, but they did show signs of, of suddenly looking a little, you know, a little more kind of uh, um, their, their old selves going forward. Um, and whether, whether, whether that was just a, you know, 10 minutes where it all suddenly came together, um, or whether, you know, they can, you know, they, they are kind of, you know, finding their, their feet again, I don't know. Um, the, the big issue is, 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 the, is the makeup of the midfield. It's just not been right, really, for, yeah. you know, for a long time now. They just cannot seem to get the right blend. Um, you know, there's too many players just out of form. Um, so it's, um, yeah, um, they're, a, they're, they're, you know, they're, from a, you know, looking at it from an Albion point of view, you'd, yeah, you'd say look, this this Villa team is is beatable. They are beatable. Um, you know, they're 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 tough, but you know you can, you know they they are you know they are beatable, and they're not the you know there was you know Villa was starting to develop, develop a bit of a a kind of a a fear factor around them. You know, for teams that you know. In the lower half of the table, when when they when they played Albion, you remember that that game. I mean, they, they had so many chances to you know, so many chances to score. They were so dominant, they were so dangerous on the break. You know, they were they were the kind of team that around that period that, that looked like they were going to score every time they went forward. Um, but um, that's just not the case now. Um, so, yeah, I think as I said before, I think it, this is going to be a much closer game and. Um, you know, uh, if, if Albion can, can sneak a win, then you never know. You never know. But, like I say, those, those two games, you know, Brighton and Burnley playing over in the weekend, temper it slightly. Um, you know, if Burnley, if, if Wolves, you know, do Al, Albion need Wolves to do them a favour, basically, by beating, at least beating Burnley. And then they can beat Villa and get it back to six points. Then Then suddenly, you know, it doesn't feel... You know, it's still a mountain to climb, but at least you've got a, at least you've got a, 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 a kind of a, a view of the summit. Um, you know, whereas at, at the minute they're, you know, they're in the foothills beneath the clouds, trying to work out how to use the compass. Yeah, good way to put it. Um, you, can have, you can have that, have that for your uh, preview, Joe. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's your intro. Should be good. Uh, right, fellas, that just about does us. Unless anyone else has anything to add? No, all good, mate. All good. Now I've got to go and do some work now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't cut this as well. We're, we're busy, Luke. We're busy, Luke. We've got proper jobs. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'll leave you guys to it then. Um, right, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Matt, first of all, thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, great Anytime, insight, as, as, as always. Um, Joe, thank you as well. Um, and for everyone else tuning in, thank you for listening. It's a fond farewell from me, Matt, and Joe.